Hello and welcome to Beauty Island, the award-nominated beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I am your host, beauty journalist Brittany Stewart, and each episode I sit down with a guest and ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them, the ones they take to a desert island, or beauty island, that I am sending them off to. Maybe it's the beauty product that define their teens, the one they grew up watching their mum or grandma use, or the perfume that instantly sparks a memory of a special place or person. Along the way, we find out more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. In this episode, my guest in in this episode, my guest is Nawal Sari, modest fashion and beauty influencer and content creator. She's actually the youngest Beauty Island guest I've had on to date, just turned 21 a few weeks ago, but she's already built herself a powerful platform, covering beauty, fashion and faith for her over 120,000 Instagram followers, as well as creating content for Nike and The Iconic. We talked about becoming a modest fashion influencer, tokenism versus diversity in fashion and beauty media, grappling with identity and her Muslim faith, and walking in the iconic runway with her idol and hijab-wearing model, Halima. Plus, she shares the $12.95 brow gel she swears by and the MAC lip colour Better Than Velvet Teddy. She was insightful, inspiring and very funny. As always, if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe, rate five stars and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening, share a screenshot on your Instagram story and tag me so I can see at Beauty Island Podcast. Now, over to Noelle. Enjoy. Noelle, welcome to Beauty Island. Hi, thanks for having me. Can you remember your first memory of beauty? Is it something that you were always interested in or...? Yeah, I think because my mum has always played with makeup. So I've always seen her play with it. I think like a bunch of other girls. Like you always see your mum play with it. Plus I had an older sister, so she got makeup before me. And then my grandma, my dad's mom, she's always loved makeup as well. And like every time she'd come back from the Middle East, she'd always bring back like eyeliners and stuff. So I'd always remember her having a lot of makeup. Plus like Barbie and Bratz. I was always like Surrounded into by it. it. Yeah, always. <laughs> and speaking of your mum, the first product on your list is the L'Oreal Telescopic Mascara. Mm-hmm. Tell me your memories about that and why you like that product. I think it was year 10 I think it was I started to watch like YouTube videos and those were when it was like people were talking about beauty products and you're like what like it's that cool and then I remember I watched a video on the L'Oreal telescopic telescope telescopic mascara <laughs> telescopic mascara and I was like well, that looks so cool and then I remember I went to my mom's bathroom and she had it and I was like are you kidding me like mom's so trendy <laughs> and then yeah she was like oh it's my favorite mascara and then I tried it and I was obsessed because like I only had a Kmart one that I'd buy myself like with two dollars um and then I tried it and every time I'd like want to look cute for school I thought it was like so like (laughs) transformative and I'd like sneak it in the bathroom and use it yeah sorry mom (laughs) after that they stopped stocking it in like a lot of places and then we had to like hunt it down but I've never actually tried it is there any like obviously the name is quite fancy sounding is there any kind of special feature or it's It's, just a typical mascara I think it's really cool because it's like thin like the one's really thin so it like grabs your lashes and it's like not volumizing it's more lengthening you like many people who work in anything to do with social media you do 
a few things. It's a very multifaceted job. So how do you describe what you do to someone that you're meeting for the first time? I still till now and be like, oh, so like, um, like <laughs> it's such a weird concept. So I am a content creator. So I basically create my own content. I love directing my own shoots and like being creative with fashion and beauty, not just like taking like outfit of the days. Like I love to just be really cool with it. Plus I'm an influencer, which is still really weird to me but you know i'm really enjoying it so fun and i'm a uni student so yeah a few things yeah (laughs) there's a lot of things yeah (laughs) um and obviously one of the things that a lot of people might know you from is your modest fashion style that you post on instagram how do you kind of define modest fashion i think modest fashion is very personal because a lot of girls have their own definition of what it means to them because it is modest it's it's to you how you feel about it. For me, um, modest fashion is how I can be fashionable and trendy and expressive, but still respecting my faith. So it's like I'm, I'm respecting my faith and I feel comfortable and I'm still like, you know, constantly feeling like I'm doing the right thing, but I'm also being super trendy and having fun. And yeah, it's like a really cool medium that I discovered when I put the hijab on and I was like, wait, this is, this is sick. Like I can still feel like an individual, but I'm, but I'm wearing the hijab and I'm being modest. And this is something that we'll cover a bit later, but particularly in Australia, given that I think I read that uh, modest fashion is set to become a $450 billion, <laughs> I got my numbers right, yeah. <laughs> $450 billion industry. Yeah. Like the the reflection of that in Australian fashion, at least, is very minimal. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. I I honestly this set like I was like, oh, it's like such a small niche thing. And then I remember like looking overseas and seeing that Dolce and Gabbana did a, a modest collection for like bit to, like targeted towards like the Middle East, and I was like, oh, wow, like what the hell? And like I saw these things, and I was like, oh. Okay, so it's just out here that like, you know, you don't really find it, but I'm slowly watching it turn. Like now I can go in store and find like something maxi dressed or like something long sleeve in summer. And I'm like, oh, probably because they know like not everyone wants to wear short sleeve or singlet, like, but it's crazy. There's a lot of people are missing out on Mm. that target audience because it's a lot of them. Yeah, I'd say so. Now listen to an interview, another interview that you did and you said that your Instagram account actually started private. I mean, now I think you have over 100,000 yeah. followers. Tell me about how it started and the decision to switch on public as well. When I was in year 12, I made an Instagram account, I'm pretty sure. And my mom was like, you're not putting it on public. Like every mom, like they're just worried for you. They're like, oh, I don't like, I don't trust social media. Like I don't want people like you know giving you any negative feedback or anything and I was like whatever so when I was in year 12 I was still young so I respected it I just had my private account with like me and my close friends and then I started to see other modest fashion influencers overseas like um, Dina Tokyo and a bunch of other girls and I was like oh my god like I want to do that that's pretty sick and then I asked my mom if I could put my account on public and she's like no you can't and then we came to a medium where it was like you can put it on public if you don't put your name and you just show your clothes like you don't like like make it personal and I was like okay whatever so I did that and I started working for a modest fashion company that I now work with called Hijab House and I worked just like in their pop-up warehouse to help them out and then they were like do you want to do a photo shoot and I was like yeah okay like just extra cash like I just finished high school whatever 
Um, and I did the photo shoot and they started to tag me and I was like, and I started getting these requests and I was like, mom, like, can I just go in public? Like, I'm not going to be personal. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to whatever. And she's like, yeah, okay. And then I slowly let go of a few things and then it grew into what it is now. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of the growth, has it been kind of a steady thing or has it been like all of a sudden? I think it started quickly. And then now it's kind of getting steady because that's just how like the Instagram algorithms change now. It's like so weird compared to how it used to be. First, it was just happening so fast because Hijab House was like one of the still one is is one of the biggest like modest fashion retailers. And they were tagging me and I was working so closely with them. People were like, who are you? And I was like, oh, <laughs> right, this is weird. So they would just be tagging me and then there'll be people reposting my photos and like all that kind of stuff. And then. Yeah, then I was like, okay, I think I'm going to like put effort into this and like make it something really cool because I've always been a very expressive person and like wanting to talk on behalf of people and like, you know, talking about community issues. And I was like, wait, this can be a really cool way to like combine everything I'm passionate about. And plus in uni, I was doing communications and advertising. So I was like, this is just going to work out really cool. So yeah, you created such a powerful platform. It's oh, thank you. amazing. And as you mentioned before, your approach to style maybe slightly changed when you decided to start wearing the hijab. I think you were 16, yeah. is that right? And as we've we've touched on that time and, and unfortunately still the modest fashion scene in Australia is not as big as it could be. Yeah. Was it a, a big decision or was it just like a natural step for you that making that decision? I think for me it was, I think it was both because I was in a community where it was normal to wear the hijab because I was surrounded by a bunch of Muslim women. But in my school, I wasn't because there were only a few, there was, I think there was only one other hijabi. So I was like, you know what, this is going to be a big step, but I know that like this is temporary, whatever I'm feeling in school because outside of school, I'm normal. Like I kind of always had that mindset of like, there's a bigger picture. So yeah, but when I was in high school, I was at that high school since year seven. And then when I put the hijab on in year 10, I came back and they were like, are you a new girl? And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> I've been here since year seven. What do you mean? It was, yeah, it was so funny. But I've always also been like really expressive about like my community, my culture that I felt like it wasn't that big of a step because I was already so active about it and I was already dressing modestly as well. So it was kind of natural. I think you, you kind of touched on this before. And as you said before, it's, your goal is really to have a bigger conversation to, to, to break barriers and, and I suppose not necessarily normalize the hijab because it's normal. You kind of talked about that moment when you realize that this could be a really good way to do it. Is that something that you really want to do more of as your platform continues yeah. to grow? Yeah, for me, it's never been like just a lighthearted thing. I've always been like, if I'm going to do this, I want to make impact and not just for my like the young Muslim girls that I'm associated with or from overseas or who need a role model or anything it was like I want to be able to know that Aussie girls or like anyone from a different culture or religion can look at me and be like oh like it's not what I thought or like their their image of me will change or of other Muslim girls and they can be more respected or more not alienated I guess and I love that you said when in the early days of your of particularly the style content you were producing or even before that that you were looking it wasn't necessarily just other modest fashion bloggers you were looking but general style bloggers because I think that's the most important thing modest fashion has some other considerations but fashion is fashion it's yeah. just a, a way of self-expression which I love I know I was following like 
a bunch of other influences and I never felt like I felt like I was indifferent to them in the sense of I couldn't wear that but I always felt like I never felt like it's it's out of reach I was like all I got to do is adjust a few things and like layer a few things and it's fine but yeah fashion is fashion it's like not meant to be that deep but when you can put something behind it like I'm trying to do and like incorporate it into something I'm passionate about it like works really well The second product on your list is the Elf Brow Duo Kit. Tell me about your memories behind that. <laughs> that was the first brow product I bought from Kmart. Okay, so they had the Elf Brow Pomade. I think it was like $8 or something. And that's when Instagram brows were in, like the thick, arched, sharp brows. And I remember it came with like a little brush and I'd use it every morning and I would fill my brows in like full on Instagram brows and I'd go to school without anything else on my face just my brows done <laughs> like I couldn't live without it because I've always just been a brow person like I love brows and I remember like going to school and people being like what are you using your brow I'm like elf like I've discovered it. it's so good right like because it had like a little pomade plus the powder yeah and I remember like my one of my friends would be like can when you come to school next like can you bring it with you and do my brows in the bathroom and I was like yeah okay and um I have to say when I was you, you sent over your products before there are a few brow products on here yeah so obviously it's and can confirm looking at your own brows they're like <laughs> the perfectly like fluffy but like thank you thank you I'm very envious right now <laughs> thank you <laughs> as you said you are currently in addition to all the other things you're currently studying advertising mm-hmm. at university which obviously seems like quite a complementary skill set with everything else that you do. You're kind of in the midst, and particularly the way that the approach to work is going with social media, to kind of form or even create your own career rather than the traditional sense. Is that kind of something that excites you, that you can kind of build a career around your passions and, and what you love? I feel like everything's like fallen into place in a really weird way because when I first started uni, um, which wasn't long, long ago. I'm now going into my fourth year to graduate. But um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but when I started, I was doing international studies because I wanted to get into politics. And then um, I was like, you know what? This isn't like stimulating anything. Like I'd feel like nothing's happening. Like I need to be a bit, little bit more creative. Then I added communications. And then I was like, wait, I like this more. So then I dropped international studies and I focused on communications without any intent to like use Instagram and incorporation with it and then when instagram started going well and like i realized how marketing works and pr works i was like wait like i'm so lucky i chose that because like it works really well and i've always felt a sense of like security because i'm like even if things don't work out because instagram i mean it could shut down any day you never know what's going to happen i'm like i still have qualifications and experience that you know, can help drive me. Speaking back to brows, the third product on your list, I think is one maybe that you use more now, which is the Australis Clear Brow mm-hmm. Gel. Tell me about why you like that one so much. I've tried so many brow gels and that one lifts them and stays. Like I can't, like it's the best. Like it's so affordable. I think it's like $12 from Priceline and it lasts you ages. And it, I've used other brow gels that make you like in two hours, your brows will fall down. <laughs> but this one, like it's just just so good yeah, i think i've it? i think i've bought it like five or six times that's like, the best endorsement so, isn't it? yeah <laughs> and um i suppose while we're on the topic of brows because as i said your brows are incredible Thank talk you. talk us a little bit through your brow routine because obviously are you using just a clear gel or are you using other products to kind of get color and fill in as well before it depends on the makeup look if i'm just like today like you know 
like minimal makeup I'll just go through with a brow gel if I want a little bit more intensity I'll go like with the benefit one as well because it adds a bit of a tint to it um, but if I'm doing like a full glam look or something I'll probably go in with a little bit of a brow pencil just to help shape them a bit and then conceal them but then I still always use the Astralis brow gel <laughs> and in terms of brow pencil do you have a preferred one that you go for or I'm still experimenting with them. I tried out the Benefit one. It's like kind of looks like a pen that you use in school. Yeah. Yeah. I tried out that one and I like it, but I'll probably go and like repurchase the individual shade because I found out what my shade was. But I like how thin that was. The, the Anastasia one's good, but I go through it pretty quickly. So. And it's not particularly cheap either. It isn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how have you navigated considering how big your account has gotten and your profile in general and we'll talk a bit more about the collaborations and stuff that you've been doing how are you navigating what really started as a as a passion and a hobby into the kind of business side of things for so long I think so I started my page I think it was like three to four years ago I can't remember exactly because it was like I was in limbo for a long time but when it started off my dad does marketing so I would always whenever I'd get an email or something I'd be like like how much do I tell them like what do I do how do I email them and he'd help me out but then when I was like last year beginning of last year when things picked up and it was I think that companies put a lot more faith in influences and things got more serious and there's briefs and contracts and stuff and I was like what the hell's going on plus I had uni and I was working retail and I was like I can't do admin and like everything like that I ended up getting an email from a management and I was like I've always been iffy about management because I was like like I have a I have a really strong message and I want to make sure like nothing gets diffused or whatever and then they were end up being great and now I have like support in the sense of they help me with emails and admin and all that stuff, which is amazing. Bless. But it's, it's a weird concept because like you have to put a price on your message and what I wear on my head. And it's like, oh, like it's, it's just really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary giving away that kind of. Yeah. But I suppose, like you said, on the flip side, it also gives, frees you up to be more creative and mm-hmm. not having to worry about that side of things. Yeah. The fourth product on your list is, I think, kind of the first higher-end product that you purchased, which is the Too Faced Peach Bellini Blush. Mm -hmm. Tell me about why you love that product. Okay, that one, I think I bought it when I got, like, a gift voucher on Christmas from my auntie, from from Mecca, yeah. And I bought it because the packaging was so pretty. It was, like, in a love heart, and it's shiny, and I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, But I wasn't really into blush then. But that one, like, stood out to me because it was peachy and it, like, was illuminating. Until now, I still have it, but I'm obsessed with it. It's just, like, a really pretty, flattering peach. I think it suits a lot of skin tones because it's gradient in the pan. Yeah, it's really pretty. You should try it. (laughs) The only thing I find with products that look so beautiful is that you're always so reluctant to start using it to ruin it, even though that's obviously the purpose to actually use the products. But on a side note, (laughs) (laughs) you've described yourself as constantly in the midst of an identity crisis Mm -hmm. as a Muslim, your Lebanese background, being Australian. And I think that's something many people can relate to, particularly in such a multicultural place as Australia, where everyone has different backgrounds and Mm -hmm. has come from other places. And then on top of that, it's just about the time when you're finishing school at university in your 20s, just trying to figure out who you are generally. How do you make sense of defining who you are if you feel the need to at all? Yeah, I know. Uh, It's till now I'm like still fitting into myself. It's it's really weird because... When I was in high school, my biggest issue was like my culture. And I was like, 
it's normal to be Muslim, but I'm I mix. Like my mom's white, my dad's Lebanese, and it's like I wasn't Arab enough, but then I wasn't white enough, but then I couldn't speak Arabic, but then anything that I, I but I was still like rich in my culture and religion. So then when I try to hang out with people who had no idea what it was, it was hard for me to relate to them. And then when I finished school, it was like I was going into university and. I was trying to differentiate myself because everyone was kind of the same and like no one was getting into deep conversations like that and then yeah then I got on online and it's like okay so now I'm a Muslim like I look Muslim and I'm known as a Muslim so I gotta like okay so that's the next thing and then when you're online it's like there's so many cultures and then there's people messaging you like how do you balance this and how is it like with your mum being this and what's her story and what's your story and it's like oh like yeah it's till now i'm like it's it's hard to be like this is this is what i am because i feel like i'm still still learning about it and still trying to yeah adapt to it yeah and i suppose that's another aspect particularly of social media because it is this two-way conversation how has the response and i imagine you've connected with so many interesting people yeah through what you've done as well (laughs) yeah honestly i'm i'm very lucky because my following and the feedback I get is mainly positive so I'm like forever grateful for that but it's amazing like I love to have young girls message me and be like oh because of you I put the hijab on and I felt comfortable and like that's the biggest blessing to me because it's like I've encouraged someone to feel comfortable to do that when I was looking up to other people for that for myself or I've had girls message me and be like you know um I've wanted to start dressing like you and I wanted to start thrifting but I thought there was a bad stigma about it but like you've showed me otherwise or like you showed me that I can do creative work in university or that I should go to university or like things like that and I'm just like that's insane because like, I was just being me until now I'm like I try to stay as authentic as I can and as transparent as I can because then the last thing I'd want to be is like this relatable Muslim girl from like a background similar to you but then like I'm so untouchable like that's that's not what I'm trying to do because that's the last thing these girls need and I have a lot of conversations with people with people in the industry particularly about this concept of influencer Mm because a lot of people have very kind of interesting views on it but I think when you strip it back to know that you've had a positive impact in some way on somebody else just by doing what you do or like you said being who you are Mm -hmm. that's kind of an aspect of influencer that should be yeah. celebrated yeah and initially I was like I don't want to be called an influencer like that's not what I'm trying to do but then when you think when you step back and look at it and you, you think that you're helping people you, you kind of go okay like you know it's not that scary so yeah it's been it's been a roller coaster but it's good I love it <laughs> obviously faith plays an important role in your life how has your relationship with faith changed or strengthened not just through what you do but just as you get older and again understanding more about yourself and your background and and the world in general it's a weird one because it's like faith is very personal so it's like you know I feel like other influencers who don't visibly show what their faith is they can go home and kind of reflect and have a personal connection to it so I try to keep it like that but when you're online and you're known as a muslim and known as the girl who wears a hijab it's kind of like your faith is on the forefront and you have to help like you feel the responsibility to project to people like i'm into my faith and like recently i've been like you know what that's not 
that's not right like if my if i am low in my faith or i'm having a bad day or if i'm high in my faith i shouldn't have to prove it to anyone and if you think otherwise then that's just weird i don't know why you're thinking about me that hard like <laughs> i don't know why but yeah it's it's yeah it's when i've gotten older it's been like i now look at my faith and i'm thankful because i'm like there's other girls who look up to me and if i can show them that it's okay to be into your faith and want to do things that are mainstream or trendy then yeah the fifth product on your list are the adele demi wispy mm-hmm. false lashes yes tell me why you picked those i feel like everyone loves them but for me i love how they're you know that cat eye kind of look i love that like i'm obsessed with it so with my lashes i never wear the full thing i always cut cut the ends so like it's kind of like a half lash and then i put them on it's one it's easier for me because i just like i'm terrible at putting lashes on <laughs> plus it's like i can just put that on and then the outside of my eyes are emphasized and it's easy and affordable so yeah can't go wrong great tip with your studying advertising and in general of what you do i imagine that you would have seen a lot of the conversation particularly over the last few years and particularly in australia about diversity and representation in beauty and fashion Mm -hmm. um it's been a very hot topic in your opinion are you seeing a real shift in i think genuine and authentic representation and i suppose how does that compare for what you're seeing in australia and overseas Mm because i think there's a vast difference there is a vast difference I remember like two years ago, like back when I think diversity peaked and like it was the hot thing, I would see like overseas in America that they were already having hijabis on, you know, in their campaigns and whatever. And I'd be like, that's amazing. Like I remember, I used to see every single one and like go onto the post and write something because it was like that few, but it was happening. And now it's like, I'm not surprised if I see it overseas because it's, that especially in the uk like yeah there's such a big muslim community they just know to incorporate them like it's normal but i think for here it's changing and i've been involved in it so i've seen it firsthand um and the experiences i've had luckily have been really authentic like everyone's really on board and it's not just like get in there get it done they want to take the photos they've been very accepting of like I need, you know, I want to have my own private change room and like I need hijabs brought on set and I need this and the halal food you provide. Like it's like they're very accepting of it. And that to me shows that you're not just trying to get me in and out quickly. Like you're trying to understand and, you know, take it for what it is. And they've always used me, but also had my story attached to it, which is very important. Um, So, yeah, it's been amazing. But I think it's changing, but there's always still more room to go because yes there's me as a hijabi but i am you know white so it's like there are black muslims there are asian muslims and they should deserve representation there's hijabis who are plus size or have disabilities and it's like they deserve representation but then yeah even for the black community like they should be more incorporated in the diverse scene but Australia's got a long way to go, you know. <laughs> so tell me about some of those collaborations that you've been involved in because I believe that Nike reached out to you to kind mm-hmm. of get you on board. So tell me about some of those. So Nike Women, they did like, they've done it twice now. They did like little, an event slash photo shoot type of thing. It's it's a weird concept, but it was really fun. They kind of just brought in a few influences. They styled them and shot them and then 
they they let you put out the content and it was amazing i loved working with them because i'm a massive nike fan like i love nike and i used to work in hype so like <laughs> you're all across <laughs> yeah i was there and i like come and work with like guy and i got an email from nike woman like ah! it was like so fun but yeah that was amazing because nike has been really progressive in you know with the nike hijab which i bought i've worn it once but i had to buy it because i was like you know you're gonna make a hijab i'm gonna buy it <laughs> but yeah they've been really progressive and yeah it's really fun to be able to be a part of it the sixth product on your list is the zoeva cocoa blend palette mm-hmm. tell me about your memories with this one that was the first palette i bought myself because it was affordable Zoeva's fairly affordable so but i've always loved warm bronzy eyeshadows so that one was like amazing and i still have it probably should throw it out people disgusting <laughs> oh you still have the I first one i still have bought. the first one like i don't want to let it go and there was one shade in there that actually fell out it was like a purpley pinky shade and i used to do the same eyeshadow look every time i'd put like the brown matte in my crease and then i'd put the purpley pink shade on my like my, my lower lash line yeah and I'd like make this smoky look and then I'd put like a demi wispy lash and then I'd put a little bit of the gold like, in the middle and I'd be like, mm. <laughs> I'm so good at eyeshadow. But yeah, like ugh, it's the best shadow ever. And in terms of your makeup collection, are you very refined in that you have the products that you like or do you like to have choices to experiment and play with? How I'm, vast is your collection? Mm, I would say I'm annoying because I like to have variety, but I use the same products. <laughs> like it's, I use the same products every single day and I could buy lipstick and be like, oh, I really wanted to try it, but I still, and then I'll look at it and be like, no, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. I need to wear the same color. Like that's just how I am. Cause I'm like, I remember that one time I looked really good at that color. So I have to wear it again. Like, I think <laughs> many of us can relate yeah. to that. <laughs> Back to fashion, getting mm-hmm. dressed each morning. Talk me through your kind of process or inspiration. How do you, do you dress based obviously i'm sure you take into account what you're actually going to be doing that day but where do you kind of seek inspiration what's kind of your process to putting together i suppose outfits that you know you're going to be photographing it depends on the day like if i'm going out and i'm like i need content then usually i'll be like i i usually have an outfit in mind because it's a certain piece that i have to shoot in or like i've been really excited to wear that i ordered so like i've kind of already in my head know know what I'm gonna wear. So usually with those outfits, like if I need to look back on inspiration, I have a good thing my Instagram saved and I just look through and like, yeah, I'm gonna try that, I'll try that. But yeah, I always love to just experiment. I feel like I'm I'm I used to feel like I have to dress like every other hijabi that I seen because I was like, this is who I am now. I'm a part of this community, so I have to be like this. And then when I realized that I'm an individual and so is every other person in the world I was like why do I have to dress like everyone else and I've now been like if I like it I'm gonna wear it and if it's not compromising to my faith then what other reason do I have not to wear it like I'm gonna wear it so yeah it's like it's so funny because I would have never have thought of wearing like cowboy boots and a bucket hat (laughs) like in Liverpool but now I am that girl and yeah I remember once I wore like it was so embarrassing I wore plastic boots for see they look like witch boots and I wore them to Liverpool Westfields to get bubble tea. Love so it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece or I guess trend that you've been wearing or trying lately that you particularly love? I have I think for the past couple of months I've been obsessed with bandanas because I saw them come to life when girls started to wear them in their hair and I was like I love that because it's so 
2000s. I'm obsessed with all that stuff. Like Lizzie McGuire. Like, are you kidding me? That looks amazing, right? And then I got one from, I think the first one I got was from Supre. They had it on sale for like $5. And I was like, let me just try it with my hijab and see how it looks. Like I was really, I wasn't sure if it would work, but I was like, why not give it a go? Um, and then I wore it out and I was like, I love this. I felt so good. Cause like, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Like you put it on and it like kind of snatches your face. Cause it's like tight. And I'm like, oh my God, this looks so good. <laughs> um, and then I wore it and then people were like, wait, that looks so good. I'm like, yeah. And then I like, kept wearing it and wearing it until now. Like I'm so obsessed with the bandana style. But I think recently I've been really into details. It wasn't something that I would go- gravitate towards. I kind of like to have neutral outfits and play with my sneakers, if anything. And then recently it's been like, like I got picked up this top yesterday from Nasty Girl and it's like this balloon sleeve shirt and it has this pearl collar and it like goes to the back. It's kind of like cowboyish but not i can't explain it but i'm obsessed with we'll it i have to keep an eye out for the yeah stay tuned everyone <laughs> but yeah it's really cute so i'm obsessed with details sleeves as well oh yeah. my god puff sleeves really big at the moment i'm obsessed i love it where do you do most of your shopping what are your favorite brands to buy from i tried to steer away from fast fashion because i was like I want to be more creative and push myself plus being sustainable. So I, at one point I was thrifting a lot, but thrifting is effort and it's time. And when I got back into uni, like after my semester break, I was like, I don't have time to keep thrifting all my outfits and you got to wash them. if you need to tailor them, like it was a lot. I still love thrifting, but it's when I'm in the mood now to thrift. I really need to go back but when I need an outfit and like quick I'm looking on the iconic because they have fast shipping and I love that ASOS because I like how they have trendy pieces that they know are in but they've made it affordable so it's like I'll look on runway photos or see like what Bella Hadid just wore and they're like we're on it and I'm like thank you (laughs) I appreciate it yeah but when it comes to in-store the only place I'll pop into, like if I'm like, I have an event tomorrow, I need a pair of shoes. It's probably like Zara. I'm I'm also, uh, Zara, I find sometimes I'll go in and I'll want everything. Right. And other times I'll go in and think. Nothing. Nothing. Everything's, yeah, I know exactly Very what you're saying. <laughs> the seventh product on your list is the final brow product which is the Benefit Gimme Brow, but I really liked that you kind of use this not just for your brows. So I'm obsessed with it. I use the Gimme Brow obviously for my brows because they have, they're not, it's, I don't usually really use it to fluff up my brows if anything because I have the Australis to shape, like help brush them up and shape them. I kind of use it for its tinting effect because it helps, has like the tiny, tiny fibers that help fill it in and stuff. So it's amazing for that. But I also use the brush and I kind of dab it off a bit and use it on my face as freckles so clever yeah because <laughs> I have freckles but they get obviously my foundation they cover them up really quickly because they're not that dark so sometimes I'm like I want to bring them back I just go in with some of that and how do you do it so that it looks that you haven't splattered like brow product yeah. in your face I, you have to make sure like you wipe off and like the, you know right on the end it gets a chunk you need to make sure you wipe that <laughs> off and then like you just I just dab it and then go in my finger and re-dab to like spread out the dots yeah 
you have sitting across from me you have the most amazing glowy skin oh, thank you. <laughs> talk me through a bit about your share your secret or kind of the, the face <laughs> products that you use i got sent a lot of skincare recently and i was testing it all out i went a bit too crazy my skin broke out which is fine because you know hormones <laughs> um but i found what works for me is using like liquid cleansers like or oily cleansers because I have dry skin to take off my makeup. I used to go on with wipes every single night and then I was like, why am I have so many blackheads? And yeah, you know, we grow, it's okay. I go in with an oil cleanser and I like to go in with some serums or like a hyaluronic acid. Again, I have dry skin just so like I wake up feeling like I already have some moisture and eye cream because my under eyes, the dark circles are just, you know, yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> but in the mornings, I've been obsessed with using vitamin C. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a new discovery that I had and I've read amazing things about it. And I was like, well, there's no harm in this. So I used the Drunk Elephant Vitamin C Eye Cream. And then I used the Drunk Elephant Vitamin C Serum. It's like a straight up vitamin C oil. It's really cute. Yeah, you should try it. It's really good. I feel like vitamin C for me, mm-hmm. as well as kind of the chemical exfoliants are one of those things that you use and you instantly see a difference which as an impatient person I quite enjoy oh same (laughs) trust me yeah I can't use something and be like oh trust the process I'm not like that I I need to see it now yeah I think one of the brilliant things about makeup and it also applies to fashion as well is that it can mean so many different things it can be a creative outlet it can be an expression of self it can also be a mask if that's how you're feeling on the day what what is it mainly to you how do you view your relationship but i suppose particularly with beauty and makeup i think it's just fun honestly i try not to see it at too deep and try to like you know be competitive with it or be like i have to stay in trend like i'm just kind of like you know what i'm already feel like i have these things i have to work out and navigate i want beauty and fashion to be something that's like fun creative and personal to me and if you are like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. Because I feel like my style has become... Now I feel like people are kind of being like... In Sydney, are kind of like, oh, I see the vision. I get it. But when I had that taste, let's say a year ago, and it was already in, in the UK, but it wasn't in Sydney, people were like, what are you doing? Like, are you okay? But I was like, I like it. It's fun. But yeah, it's honestly fashion and beauty is creative and it's it's you know it's an escape and it's fun and if you feel like you know there's something in it for you then go for it honestly (laughs) that's a great great way to approach it i think the final product on your list is the mac honey love lipstick Mm -hmm. tell me about this one i recently got it um and i'm obsessed with it because i tried my friends back when i was in year 12 i wanted to go buy a lipstick I asked my friends what I should buy and they ended up buying me the Velvet Teddy for my birthday and I liked it but I found that on my skin tone it was still a bit dark like it wasn't a nude lipstick Um, and then it took me a while to find an actual lipstick bullet that I liked that wasn't like too thick that it felt like a full coat but then it was like good for my skin tone and then I saw it on the website and I was like I've never even heard of that one and then I tried it and I was like this is amazing like it's like a pinky nude but then it's like you can lighten lips with it or you can keep it as a neutral it's really good mac have so many cult shades that you hear so much about which are 
iconic and great for all the right reasons but it like you said it's so worth delving into the many many yeah. other shades that mac have because rare to meet a dud one right i know even yash i tried that out and i was like i've never heard of you and it's like a nice brownie nude oh i've never heard of that right one. yeah it's really good i know hot tip who is someone who really inspires you either personally or professionally related to what you do for work i feel like i'm not the kind of person to have like one person that i kind of look everything and i'm like amazing i kind of have like every aspect i'm like that person has helped me through each step like i obviously have my mom who's like always been expressive with fashion she's never been traditional she's always loved what she's loved and she's worn it so in that aspect my mom but then when it comes to beauty i've always been like all the women in my family my sister always had fun makeup my grandma still till now will have makeup on like yeah and when it comes to work i feel like what helped me in that aspect was looking at girls overseas because i am still young like i'm turning 21 i think like oh next week or something like that that's <laughs> not, exciting yeah. <laughs> but i've looked at girls overseas who are influencers they wear the hijab they're in modest fashion they've graduated uni and i'm like oh okay i see it i see the vision i can get there it's fine whereas there's no one in sydney that's done that and what i do so i've never had that connection and in my family it's like we're all still new to university and my dad i think you're pretty sure he was the first one to do university out of his brothers and sisters and then yeah so it's like it's a new thing but my mission is always to just not normalize but just make it like it's normal it's fine you don't have to think twice about it whatever you want to do and so obviously 2020 as we find out you're turning 21 very soon <laughs> you're in your final year of uni as yeah. well what do you kind of hope that this year brings what are your or what's your main goal oh I, you know last year if you asked me the same thing this time I would have been like I'm just going with the flow like I don't know what's gonna happen and I really didn't because I I didn't think that I'd join with any management I didn't think that I would be doing r- r- runway with Halima. Like, oh my God, I would never have guessed that, like, at all. Um, and was I was this still- for the iconic, the iconic show. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that experience because that would have been like a so huge. Fun. Yeah, that happened so fast. Okay, so I did a campaign with them, like a little photo shoot, IGTV, talking about my style. And that was already massive for me because I was like, I love the iconic. They're a massive Australian retailer. This is going to be huge. And I did the video and. Um, we got feedback that was mixed <laughs> in the comments because I wasn't used to it. My audience is mainly Muslim. So I'm always used to like, you know, them hyping me up. But their audience um, is mixed. And there were some people who weren't happy to see me on the page, which is fine. Props to you, whatever. Um, so we did that and there was mixed reviews, but they were really like, no, we love it. The, the, the relationship's going to continue. We're obsessed. And I'm like, okay, amazing. And then we had the iconic swim show planned. And I honestly had no idea what I was in for because I knew they had one, but it always, to me, looked beachy and resorty. And I was like, I have no idea how you're going to fit me into that. I had no idea what I was going to wear. I was like, I don't think you guys have modest swimwear on your page. Like I wear tights and like a long sleeve shirt. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, And then I went to the fitting and they were like, you know, we're going to put you in like resort wear. And I was obsessed. Like everything they styled me in was my style. It was amazing. And I was going to Brisbane for the first time. And like, even to me, like traveling to Brisbane, I was like, this is so fun. Like even when I go to Melbourne for work, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like I love traveling. So it's amazing. And 
um, when I was at the fitting, they were like, oh, um, so you know Halima's going to be there, right? And I was like, sorry, what? Halima who? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, Halima. And I was like, the IMG model Halima? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, what the <laughs> And I called my manager straight away. And I was like, did you know Halima's going to be there? And she's like, no. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I'm like, I like every Muslim girl you can name, like we're obsessed with her. Like she's done things that um, are progressive and she's true to herself and it's really fun to think and then I was like I'm gonna be walking next to her like she's an actual runway model are you kidding me like I've, I've never done this before so then when I went and I met her and I was like like starstruck and my mom <laughs> came with me it was so funny my mom came with me and she like was in the corner and when I first started talking to her my mom popped out and she's like hi can I get a photo I'm like oh my god <laughs> mom you're so embarrassing but yeah she's so sweet so genuine and she's has she has an amazing message where she's like you know tokenism is what's happening right now but if it means that someone after me can do it then that's fine and I feel like her hearing her say that was like yeah that's that's what I'm feeling like so yeah, that was an amazing experience and I met amazing people there and it was like a step in my career where I think people started to be like this is serious this is happening like modest fashion is here Muslim girls go to the beach <laughs> we go to the sun we hang out in summer we don't just come out in winter <laughs> so yeah it was it was crazy it was iconic you know as corny as that sounds yeah. it really was it sounds incredible yeah now you've talked us through the eight products that you love or have a special memory for you and now as i send you away to beauty island <laughs> desert island to live out the rest of your years if you could only take one of the products you've spoken about today which one would you pick the Australis Clay Brow Gel. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. You can use that as a mascara. So I got a mascara and I got Multi-purpose. a brow gel. There we go. I'm done. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for it has been me. such a pleasure talking all things beauty and fashion and faith. And I feel like we've had some really big conversations here yeah. as well. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. <laughs> so much for listening to this episode of beauty island with the brilliant nawal sari you can find where to follow her and all the products she spoke about in today's episode in the show notes i highly recommend following her on instagram to see some of the looks and pieces she talked about including her incredible collection of bandanas and also to get some serious beauty and style inspiration if you fancy chatting more beauty you can find me on instagram at beauty island podcast or my personal beauty account on Instagram at BrittanyBeautyBTS, where I regularly share products I'm loving and talk about all aspects of beauty culture. Or you can, as always, send me an email, beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com with suggestions or feedback or who you would like to hear on the podcast. And finally, I also have a regular beauty newsletter called It's Beauty, which I send out each week where you'll get reviews, recommendations and tips and tricks in my beauty column delivered straight to your inbox. Thank you and until next time, bye bye. <laughs>